The SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes. Use promo code SGPNFF to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. We're diving headlong into week six again. This is the Thursday show of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network's Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I, of course, am your host, Rod Villagomez. You can find me on Twitter at RJ Villagomez. Find this show everywhere where you find your favorite podcast. And, of course, on the SGPN app. Jeremy Popolars is joining me today, and we are going to dive into some mailbag questions Jeremy, man, you're killing it over there. One of the most accurate rankers on the SGPN, I can tell you right now. He, he's shaking his head right now, but every time he turns in his accuracy reports, it's always green. This guy knows what he's talking about. So, Jeremy, thanks for joining the show. Yeah, thanks. I'm honored to be on, and I mean, those are great compliments. <laughs> um, it's luck, maybe. It's I don't luck. know. I don't know. I, I still feel like I got to get better. I'm not. I'm not there yet. You know. I'm still like in the thousands, but you know. I'm you know. There. This is my first year it's of ranking. It is a tough thing. It's my first yeah. year, and I, I've. I just. I'm so. I don't know, man. Most of my stuff looks about as red as. <laughs> well, I don't know. Blood. There's I guess. Mine does too. Yeah. Well, yeah, but yours <laughs> was very green this week. So. Um, it was. If we're going to take any advice from somebody, it's going to be Jeremy this week uh, as we dive into some of your questions. Some of these questions come straight off of the uh, Slack channel. And as I push every week, join our Slack channel, um, our fantasy football Slack channel, because it has got some good stuff going on over there. Lots of good questions, lots of good answers. And, uh, you know, again, this is this is something that a community to talk about fantasy football and get your questions answered. So. Um, all right, Jeremy, we're going to dive in. We've got 10. We're going to load up three minutes on the clock. You know the drill. You hear that sound. 30 seconds left. You hear this sound. We are out of time and we're moving on. But let us start from the beginning. Uh, somebody that might be on his way back in very, very soon. Uh, but folks are already talking about dealing him away. <laughs> I'm not really sure. Uh, you know, you, you waited all all season for this guy to come back. Now he's about to come back, and you're like, oh, what can I get for him? Uh, and that, of course, is Michael Thomas. And there's a question out there that what is actually fair compensation for Michael Thomas if you are thinking about uh, <laughs> dealing him away at this point after you waited all year for him to come back? So what are you thinking, uh, Jeremy? What, what in your mind is fair compensation if you're looking to deal Michael Thomas? Yeah, I mean, I think there's two obvious questions. You know, it depends on your league formats. Um, and it also, the biggest one is, is how much do you believe in them? You know what I mean? Like, for me, I'm not necessarily looking to move them. Um, I feel like right now the market's just still so low. Um, everybody doesn't necessarily believe in him as much, as long as the offense, too. You know what I mean? New Orleans right now, they're 26th in the NFL for fantasy points to the wide receiver position. So right now, it isn't like a super high potent offense for those wide receivers. You know I mean? There, it seems like every week it's whoever catches the deep balls, the fantasy relevant wide receiver in that offense. Um, so right now I just feel like the value is a little low. I'm um, in redraft. I don't think you're going to get anything that's really even worth it. You know what I mean? I'm um, at a dynasty level. I mean, you might, I wouldn't really want to move them unless I got a first round pick just because his value has always been there. You know what I mean? Like he is a top 12 guy in most seasons. So we don't know what it's going to look like with um, Jameis Winston at the helm. So I still want to see it. So I'm not really looking to move him. Um, my ideal situation would be hopefully he comes back week one and he gets peppered and you can get a little bit more for him. Um, if you're a guy who wants to move him, um, if you don't want to move him um, and you're trying to acquire him, that's where I would start. I'd start with like a first. If I'm a, if I'm a contender, like a late first round pick in any dynasty format, um, I would pay that in redraft. I mean, you might be able to get them for, I don't know, a couple, like a pair, like two middle of the road kind of guys that I would think that's probably fair. Yeah. Uh, I, would, 
I don't know that, and that's the thing too. If you've been waiting on Michael Thomas, I don't know if you're, you know, in fantasy contention as far as the playoffs are concerned. Maybe you're just on the outside looking in, and you know that you need a little boost at that position. Uh, and so for me, I think if you're if you're going to try to to. I think you're right. I think trying to get Michael Thomas is actually better than trying to give him away at this point because I don't think you're going to get very fair compensation for Michael Thomas, especially where you drafted him. I mean, you got to figure that uh, injury aside, he still went higher than, I don't know, some people probably felt comfortable taking him or there was those people that knew they were like, hey, I got a lottery ticket kidding when he comes back. Uh, So you may not get what you gave away in the first place for Michael Thomas. And I don't know that, that anything's fair in that instance. Yeah. And I mean, this is what you were waiting for. You know, you, you wanted to get through the first four or five weeks and then you'd have a top 12, uh, at least a perennial top 12 guy from years past to add to your roster, almost like a trade deadline acquisition. So I mean, I'd hold them. It's like, it's like (laughs) delaying gratification only to never get that gratification. Like I don't understand what you were thinking. You're like, I'm going to have him when he comes back. And then you're, you're thinking, Oh my God, I got to get rid of him because he's not doing anything. Like, of course. (laughs) Uh, All right, let's move on to this next one. It may seem like a no-brainer on the surface, but we're not talking redraft here. We're going to give you Dynasty folks a little bit of airtime, which is right up Jeremy's wheelhouse. Um, And so I want to know, again, we all know the power of Austin Eckler. We all know the power of uh, especially watching him on national television do the things that he can do very well. But sustainability, right? This is what we're, we're thinking about later on down the road when we talk dynasty. So the question here is, would you rather have Javante Williams or Austin Eckler in dynasty? That, that to me seems like a tougher question than it looks like on the surface. So what are you thinking, Jeremy? It's not too tough for me. <laughs> I'm a Javante fan. I am been pride and truth since the beginning of time. Not really time, but you know, <laughs> this year, I think Javante Williams is a, RB1 in the waiting. Um, right now, he's a 50-50 split basically every week. You look at the snap counts, snap shares. I mean, it's a little bit one way, a little bit the other way with him and Melvin Gordon. But the numbers that they're both putting up are pretty crazy. I mean, inside the red zone, Gordon's had 11 touches. Javante Williams has had nine. So, I mean, you're totaling up to about 20 there in the red zone. Where Austin Eckler's had 18. So, I mean, they're pretty similar there. Um, and then the yardage is a big compromise that's different. So rushing yards, I mean, there's almost 500 yards between Gordon and Javante Williams, where Austin Eckler is only at about 350. Um, so for me, I just feel like there's a PPR upside if you're playing in a PPR league to Austin Eckler. And I'm probably looking at my roster and really trying to decide, hey, am I going to make a run this year? If I'm making a run this year, Austin Eckler is your answer because he is just, he's the key. He's the only really viable running back in that backfield. We've seen Roundtree get some touches and he hasn't done anything with it. We've seen Justin Jackson get it, hasn't done anything with it. So Austin Eckler's the guy and he's still very effective. He has a higher yards per carry. He has um, a higher yards after contact than both these guys. So Austin Eckler isn't like washed up by any means or anything like that. Um, but for me, if I'm not contending this year, next year is going to be the real year for Javante Williams at a younger age. And he does everything well. Um, for me, I'm taking Javante Williams probably in a deal if it was like straight up, but that's if I'm not contending this year, if I'm contending this year, I'm sticking with Austin Eckler because I'll just wait till the off season and then trade Austin Eckler after he has a good year and get Javante in the off season and be ready for him to have that full workload in 22 with the Broncos. And that seems like a deal that somebody would take, right? I mean, if you mm-hmm. are kind of on the outside looking in and you know, your, your season's all but done. I mean, it's a little early to kind of call it quits on a season, but still, uh, you know, cause there's one extra game too. So you kind of, but if you have no wins, if you have one win, then you, you probably are by all rights and accounts out. Uh, and so, I mean, that seems like that's something name recognition alone, that if the Javante Williams manager saw that you were going to try to trade, uh, him Eckler straight up or her Eckler straight up. Yeah. That seems like somebody's going to smash that, that trade, uh, in an instant. Right. And to be honest in dynasty, you have to be like overpay for Javante Williams right now. In one of my leagues, I've been trying to get Javante Williams and it's, it's impossible. <laughs> oh really everybody's everybody's expecting this and like if there's a guy who likes javante williams or a gal that rosters him it's almost impossible 
it's funny. You well, you probably play as a pretty cutthroat leagues, anyways. I can yeah, only assume awesome. that your friends know how how much of a shark you are, and they're like, "Ah, oh, we aren't letting Jeremy get a get away with this." Exactly. So, they are. Uh, all right. Well, this this spans everything. This spans dynasty. This spans redraft. This probably spans DFS. A uh, lot of concerns out there right now, and I've seen this multiple occasions. Uh, with Antonio Gibson, uh, and, and look, everybody had such high expectations for Antonio coming in. Uh, Washington has been hit and miss. Uh, and then so has, um, so has Antonio. Now their concerns are a little bit concerning to me as, as he put up what three fan or three double digit fantasy points, uh, games in a, in a row here. But, uh, there's people that are worried about him, Jeremy, and I'm not really understanding why, but, uh, Maybe you can shed some light on on what the worries are and if we should be worried about Antonio Gibson. Yeah, I mean, I'm not super worried on Antonio Gibson. Um, I think what ended up happening is this was a uh, big hype buildup. Um, a lot of people, like you'd said, expected a lot out of Antonio Gibson in year two because he did. He flashed in year one at times. And then all offseason, you know, Ron Rivera, the whole Washington football team's coaching staff was toting up Antonio Gibson and how they wanted to include him in the passing game and this and that. And it just hasn't really come to fruition. We kind of have the same thing that we had last year. JD McKissick is seeing a lot of the valuable touches in like passing downs and in PPR downs. Um, as well as he just JD McKissick got bigger. Um, in the offseason, he bulked up. He kind of is able to handle some of those rushing touches now. And Antonio Gibson is just struggling. You know what I mean? He's a young guy. He hasn't really played the position. That was always what the concern was. Um, coming out of Memphis that he just didn't have necessarily the greatest running back vision or anything like that. So it's such little stuff that's kind of compiling. Um, he's not a great pass blocker. That doesn't necessarily help him either for coaches getting him on the field um, at times. So there's kind of all this big culmination of stuff that just it, it's him. It's growing pains and it's going to take a little bit. Um, I'm not super worried. Um, I think he's a really good RB2. You know what I mean? But I think a lot of people drafted him expecting him to be an RB1. So what happened is he got overdrafted and now he's underachieving for what you drafted him for. Um, but like you had said, he's had two, three double digit um, PPR weeks in a row. Um, so I think it's there. Uh, it's just, it seems like it's, it's gotta be a big play to get him there. Um, and he's ailing with the shin injury and it's not an injury that's necessarily like fixable. Um, it's kind of like one of those that nags and drags along. So he's dealing with that. That doesn't help. Um, but I'm not worried. I think that over time, I think we'll be fine as far as a Gibson uh, shareholder, but I ain't too worried. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think my uh, uh, the shin was what gave people some pause and trying to figure out whether or not, because you look at his yards per attempt, and it's like three yards last week, four and a half the week before, 2.6 uh, a couple of weeks ago against Buffalo. Of course, that's a tough draw anyways, but you know, it, it takes the guy 20 carries to get to 60 yards, and that's not necessarily something you want to see week in and week out, especially when you know that Washington may not end up running the ball 20 times every week. Um, and like you said, McKissick is getting a lot of looks in, in those quality uh, downs and, and distances. So, um, again, I'm not worried about Antonio Gibson either. I don't have, uh, any part of Antonio Gibson. Uh, so obviously I'm not worried about him, but I wouldn't be worried about him going forward anyways. Cause again, the production's there three double digit fantasy points in PPR three weeks straight. They're going up against Kansas city, uh, which, you know, we know Kansas city's defense is not the, the worst, uh, or not the best rather. Um, and so, you know, he's got at least a good matchup. Green Bay might be a little tough. Denver might even be tougher, but um, I don't know. Don't don't panic on him yet. He's probably still got a lot of good weeks ahead of him. And like you said, it's growing pains, Jeremy. It's just something. It, it takes one. It takes one play with him. That's the thing. He's so explosive. It takes one play. I I was a pro adamant to the sitting him against Buffalo, and you said it. You know, he had like two yards per carry, but then he hit that one big screen, seventy five yard touchdown, and he was relevant. So yep. that's what's the good thing about him is he's so explosive. It just takes one play. So good lottery ticket. Uh, speaking mm -hmm. of a couple of lottery tickets, um, and maybe not necessarily lottery lottery tickets. Tyler Boyd was hyped coming into the season. Jacoby Myers a little bit overlooked. Um, in at least in my circle anyways. Uh, but there's a question out there better for the rest of the season. And look, this is another one where, where you can look at both names and say, Hmm, I know exactly which way I'm going to flow. But then you look at the numbers and you go, wait a second. They might be one of the same, uh, receivers and that's Tyler board or Jacoby Myers. 
And again, Jeremy, I dove into the numbers and I was like, wait a second, this isn't as cut and dry as just this is Tyler Boyd for the rest of the season. Um, but maybe you're seeing something different. What, what do you think of Jeremy? I think if you're leaning towards Jacoby Myers, we're thinking the same thing. Um, because the numbers are there and you would think name value here, Tyler Boyd, he's been, um, talked about highly for years. Um, I've always been a Tyler Boyd type of guy. I, he just, his floor was so safe and that's what Jacoby Myers has become in new England. Jacoby Myers right now, he's had three or he's had two double digit target weeks. Um, he's had three double digit fantasy point weeks in PPR leagues and he still doesn't score a touchdown. So <laughs> he is going to get there eventually. Don't worry. But it's going to take some time. But Jacoby Myers just seems like so consistent right now in that offense. Mac Jones is a very accurate passer. He does well at distributing the ball. And we have no worries that Mac's going to take off and run. So Jacoby Myers in the slot is a great asset if you're playing in a PPR league. Um, kind of what Tyler Boyd used to be. Um, right now, though, Tyler Boyd is very dependent on Jamar Chase or T. Higgins missing a game. We saw it in Green Bay. And we saw it in that span where T. Higgins missed a couple games. Tyler Boyd kind of pushed back to fantasy relevance and now last week we kind of saw t higgins was back and he kind of fell off so for me tyler boyd's still a decent asset to have a share in but if i have the choice i'm trying to get jacoby myers shares just because of the pure fact the way that new england offense is and jacoby myers is a clear-cut guy there I mean, you have Nelson Aguilar, who is a field stretcher, but doesn't really get much done. Kendrick Bourne, we've seen him have a game here or there. And then we've seen their two acquisitions that they spent all this money on at tight end. Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry basically disappear. So for me, you also lost James White. So now you're relying on Brandon Bolden, who isn't anything crazy. Uh, and Damian Harris, who just likes to fumble the ball currently. So he's getting benched every other week. So for me, I'm in on Jacoby Myers. Seems like the better asset there and more involved in his offense. Um, Tyler Boyd, long-term, maybe in a dynasty, if he moves on from Cincinnati, might be find relevance again. But he seems more dependent on an injury to get back up there, where Jacoby Myers will be probably at least flexible in every single week the rest of the season. So. Yeah, and you just you underscore that Jamar Chase thing. Like he is literally rising to relevance week after week. You see Burrow and you see Chase just looking like they've been playing together for years. Which um, wait, they yeah, you know, and it's a, it's a matter they just took of a year off. Yeah, they just took a year off. But yeah, they look like that 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 pair that is going to grow together in this league. And I mean, I'm not listen. I'm not saying Montana to Rice yet or, or Young to Rice yet, but you know they, they seem like they may have that kind of dynamic where if they stay together for a while, uh, huge things are to come for both of them. So that leaves a guy like Tyler Boyd on the outside looking in. And you're right, Jacoby Meyer, he's the guy over there right now. Mac Jones is developing that relationship with him. You know, they're both young together. And, and this is a matter of, of youth leaning on youth, I think, to get through the day. Um, so yeah, I'd rather have Jacoby Myers too. Call me crazy, but you know, I feel like that's, that's where I'm at. Um, we're doing another, would you rather, would you rather Jeremy? And again, this is another one where you dive into the numbers and you're like, wait a second, this, this might not be a easy decision this season or, uh, for the rest of this season either. So, and, and this is actually in dynasty. So we're even putting another, uh, another oomph on this one. So, uh, Russ danger. Or Matthew Stafford, Jeremy, in Dynasty. This is a this is a legit question that's out there right now that people want to know. Someone's looking at Matthew Stafford with uh, I guess a dream in their eye. But would you rather have Russell Wilson or Matthew Stafford in Dynasty? And I agree with you. This is way closer than I thought. Um, at first I was ready to smash it onto the Russell side. Um, but the more you really look at it, they're really kind of equal. Um I thought maybe Wilson's upside might be a little bit higher, but it really probably isn't. Um, when I looked into it, like you said, looking at the numbers and kind of just calculating what you can project and think about, um, to me, Matthew Stafford just is a better offense. He's in a better offense. He's got a more creative offensive mind at the helm and the, at the coaching staff than, say, Pete Carroll in Seattle, who leans on that defensive side and wants to run the ball more and kind of limits Russ's upside in a fantasy relevance yes he's a very great quarterback and he does have a little bit more rushing upside than matt Stafford. he doesn't also run the ball as much he he looks to get it out so that's not necessarily there right now stafford you're seeing his untapped potential that he's had in 
Detroit that he just didn't have the playmakers to produce. This year he's already quarterback eight at as far as the season goes now. And I just feel like the situation's better. Um, he has equal playmakers. I mean, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are very equal, almost to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Um, DK Metcalf, you could argue, is maybe a little bit more talented overall in a dynasty outlook. But either way, both those players have playmakers around them. And then, like I said, the offensive scheme, Sean McVay, everything like that leans me a little bit towards Stafford's side. Um, both have kind of had their injury woes. Um, obviously, Russell Wilson now with his finger. And Matthew Stafford's had injuries over his time frame over in Detroit. So I don't know. It just seems like they're pretty even to me. Um, I think it would just come down to who you believe. And that's where I'm going with the coaches because, like, who do you believe the offensive scheme is going to be better? When a players are close talent-wise and production-wise over their careers, I always lean towards what's the offense because the offense is going to generate production. So, like, for example, the Bills, you know what I mean? They produce so much that I always want to buy into anybody I can if they're getting the targets or the Chiefs. You know what I mean? That's why there's always so much hype with the Chiefs because they score so many points. They sign Josh Gordon. We're like, all right, give us Josh Gordon. So for me, that's where it's like L.A., Sean McVay, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, Van Jefferson, all these targets, Cam Akers coming back eventually, Daryl Henderson, all these playmakers around him just kind of leads me a little bit more towards Matt Stafford. And and so look at when you when you look at things this way too, like what else does Russell Wilson have to prove in Seattle? Like if we're talking dynasty, you know, he could call it quits. He's 32 now. He's probably not going to Tom Brady it for the rest of his life. He's probably going to want to go ahead and go out before all of his fingers uh, snap like his did in the other game. And But Math, Matthew Stafford has way more to prove, right? And he's finally in an offense that I feel like he can prove it, right? The Rams can probably end up getting to the Super Bowl within the next couple of years if they do a couple of more right things. And I think Matthew Stafford, Stafford is way more hungry uh, to, to prove to the world that he's a better quarterback than everybody gave him credit for in Detroit than is Russell Wilson, who's stood at the pinnacle, right, and knows that he doesn't have to prove anything else. So if we're talking hunger in Dynasty and and for the next few seasons, go ahead and give me Matthew Stafford, not just on talent alone, but just because the guy's got a gigantic chip on his shoulder, and I'm pretty sure that he would love nothing more than to stick it to everyone that said he's not good enough. (laughs) Hey, you're going to get a Rams-Detroit matchup soon. You get Stafford versus Goff. Detroit God. versus LA. Couple the, weeks. The matchup nobody wants, but everybody wants at the same time. <laughs> I want to see it. Uh, I want. Yeah, I want to see, see golf go off on him. <laughs> probably not going to happen. I was going to say I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> Aaron Donald might have something to say about that. Oh yeah, I think so. Um, all right, we're going to come back after the break. We got five more to go. Five more of your mailbag questions uh, that you submitted, and uh, when we come back, we're going to talk some quarterbacks. We're going to talk some trades. Uh, we got some good stuff coming up, so hang tight. I know you are always ready to win money and, of course, boost your odds. Well, guess what? WinBet. It's now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And, of course, we're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. So get in on all of your favorite teams, players, sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and so much more. You get great promos, odds, and payouts. It's all happening right now at WinBet. You get boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sports. We have what you need to win. So tell me, are you ready to play? Sign up today and receive a special offer. Listen, a risk-free $1,000 sports bet. So download BetWin. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. As always, we are brought to you by PropSwap. It is America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. The MLB playoffs are in full swing, and PropSwap is your home for the best World Series future. All season long, Prop Swappers have been finding the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from the other bettors just like yourself. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will double it up to 500 
$500. It's not too late. Get in on that free $500. Double the cash means double the odds. So if you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time, so your bet does not even need to win. I love that. That is my favorite part. It doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. So thousands of bettors across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every single day. You need to be too. So get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. If you're looking for a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair, well, Keeps has that for you. They've got convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. Don't even have to leave your house for this. That's great. Low cost. You want it? We got it. Treatment start at just $10 a month and Keeps offers generic versions of your favorite medications. It's also discreet and the packaging with proven results. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Listen, we all know prevention is key. So treatments can take four to six months to see results, which means you need to act fast. If you're ready to take action to prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash SGP to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash SGP to get your first month free. keeps.com slash SGP. Locked and loaded with Jeremy Popolars of the SGP and our dynasty guru. And of course, uh, as we've established, and he's going to blush again, our, uh, our, our guy that just ranks guys very well. So uh, as such, Jeremy, let's hit some start sits. Um, and, and look, so this week, I don't know if you're going to be able to listen to this episode. I mean, I'm going to put it out before the Thursday night game since we, uh, full disclosure, are now um recording way before the game so i should have this out before so if you listen before and you have this decision to make um we're going to help you make it but going forward too let's if somebody needs to make this decision on a week-to-week basis let's set them up for the next couple of weeks as well and that was jalen hurts or dak prescott um again two guys who you think oh it's definitely dak prescott right but pump your brakes a little because Jalen Hurts has been making a case to maybe overtake uh, Dak Prescott in a week or two. So let's start with tonight, uh, a start-sit, if they're deciding between Hurts and Prescott, Jeremy, and then we'll maybe move forward a little bit with it. So who are you leaning towards between Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott for tonight, if you have to make that decision? For me right now, um, I'm taking Jalen Hurts. Um, I think that Jalen Hurts, like you had said, is making a push on Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott was a guy that I liked coming out this season. I thought he was going to have a good bounce back year, and he still is. I'm not saying he isn't. But this week, Jalen Hurts up against Tampa Bay. They currently are the allow the fifth most points in P, in DraftKings points, at least, to uh, the quarterback position at 24.2 weekly. Um, so it's not a bad matchup. On the surface, Tampa Bay always seems like a very scary matchup for people. Um, but that's really only for the running backs. Uh, the quarterbacks and the wide receivers tend to do pretty well. Even the tight end position does pretty well against Tampa Bay. Their secondary is a little bit on the weaker side. It's definitely the weak link of that defense. Also, the defense possibly could be missing Jason Pierre-Paul today. Um, I don't know. I, we are obviously, like you said, recording early, so I don't know the true inactives, but he is listed questionable. Um, and they are going to be without Devin White, who's a big, big contributor to the center of that defense at the linebacker position. So, I like Jalen Hurts, especially because if they do start to stuff the run, um, Jalen Hurts may be used in like a option style play where he might have a couple zone reads and he might be running the ball a little bit more. And that rushing floor is a lot safer. His is than Dak Prescott's this week and Dak Prescott's against new England. Um, he probably will have a decent game, but he's not going to surprise anybody. I think, uh, maybe a low twenties game. I don't foresee him putting up 30 points Um, where I could see Jalen hurts doing that this week. I think that Tampa Bay is going to come out. We just saw Tom Brady throw for five touchdowns last week. So why not say that this game's going to turn into a shootout again? I mean, yeah, Philadelphia's defense is pretty good, but it's not great. Um, and I think Tom Brady can easily pick them apart. There's just so many weapons on that offense that, I mean, you're going to see Brady probably pick them apart decently. So they're going to have to pass. They're going to have to rush. They're going to have to move the ball. Um, so I'm in on Jalen Hurts this week. I think that he's a decent start. Um, I think he'll be a QB1. Uh, I don't know if he's going to get to, say, top five, but I think he'll be a QB1. And he'll probably 
outscore Dak Prescott. Pretty close. Yeah, I'm with you on Jalen Hurts, too, this week, because, again, he's going to have to just put the ball up crazy amount of times to keep up with New England. And I, and I as I was doing my DraftKings uh, showdown research for this week, it was like, yeah, this is a week where if they want to even come close, they're going to have to throw the ball. Um, and then if you're if you're making the decision going forward, uh, real quick, the week seven decision is made for you since uh, Prescott's on a bye. Uh, but you look ahead to week eight, Prescott's got Minnesota, Denver, Atlanta. The, at least those two weeks, Minnesota and Denver, kind of tough matchups there. Whereas Hertz has Las Vegas and Detroit. So again, I'm thinking that's a, another nod in the direction of Jalen Hurts on both of those. You think Detroit, he's probably going to manhandle Detroit. Uh, and Las Vegas definitely can keep uh, pace with them. They've proven that, that you know Philadelphia, given their record, despite their record rather, they can still hang with some teams. So um, I think at least for the next couple of weeks, you could probably lock and load Jalen Hurts. And as much as I hate to say it, because everybody who knows and listens to this show knows that I still had, hadn't seen enough out of Jalen Hurts. Um, but I'm starting to have to change my mind because he's showing that he can actually be a fantasy relevant quarterback. Sometimes I got to take the football out of it and just go fantasy relevant. So um, Jalen Hurts make him eat all of my words and I don't like it. So He is. Definitely is. <laughs> he's making everybody hurt or uh, hurt. Well, hurt. Eat their own words. Yeah, I'm with you. I wasn't big on Jalen Hurts this year either. And I, I still am not fully convinced. The only thing that's saving him at this point in my mind is the weak quarterback class coming out. So, Because yeah. the Eagles do have three picks in the top ten, so don't rule out him getting replaced just yet. I mean, look. After it, this season. so It's out <laughs> there. It's out there. <laughs> putting it out there. <laughs> putting it into the universe. Please, please. Uh, all right. So we got a trade that, uh, somebody wants me to judge or wants us to judge rather. And, uh, the trade is this Jeremy and, and we're going to figure out which side of this one, uh, the team gave up Henderson and Mixon and got Dalvin cook and Zach Moss. Um, I mean, kind of feels like a even trade to me, but I, I want to know what your opinion was and which side of this, this trade actually won. Yeah, I mean, it, it's fairly even when you like to start to break it down in my mind. Um, for me, I'm a big Dalvin Cook guy, um, so I personally like the Dalvin Cook side. I know he's kind of struggled with injuries again this season, but he's just so explosive, and he's honestly, he might be the best running back in the NFL when he's healthy. You know what I mean? He's up there with, with Christian McCaffrey easily on both sides of the ball, you know, in the passing game and the running game. He's just very good, explosive, and just fluent. It just... Unfortunately, he struggles with injuries, as do those guys, though. You know what I mean? When you're that explosive and you're able to make those cuts, it, it's extra wear and tear on the body. So I like the Cook and Moss side as well because um, Zach Moss is kind of trending upward. Last week against Casey, he saw 74% of the running back uh, snaps. And Devin Singletary kind of had a stranglehold on it at the beginning of the year. We even saw Zach Moss inactive for week one. But it seems like he's trending to take over. Um, Zach Moss is at least. And I kind of pegged him as the guy who could take over earlier in the offseason um, just because of his build. He's a bigger guy. He's he's a way better pass blocker than Devin Singletary. So it fits for the offense much better that he can be back there and help protect Josh Allen when they do drop back if he's not sent out on a route. Um, but he's a very he's a very good pass catcher as well. Um, so Singletary tends to get that work. But I, I see Moss kind of trending towards taking over. And then you look at the other side of the trade. Daryl Henderson and Joe Mixon both have struggled with injuries this season. And for some reason, even when Mixon was healthy, it just seems like Cincinnati says they want to use him, but yet he doesn't really get used in like a full workhorse load. And then even Daryl Henderson has Sony Michelle who sees some spelling. But again, same thing. The offense, both those offenses just throw so much that the volume isn't there for neither of those guys to get like 30 points. Where to me, Dalvin Cook, when he's healthy, he is that offense. Even with Justin Jefferson, it, it, it's Delvin Cook's offense. So Delvin Cook can get you those 30-point weeks and win you weeks himself. Joe Mixon and Daryl Henderson will not do that. So for me, I'm taking that side because I feel like Moss is going to be a safe low-end RB2 for the rest of the season, and Delvin Cook could be the top running back by the end of the season. So well, and I'm so that. Yeah, and, and, and the, the going thing in trades is that you want to be the person that gets the better player out of the deal, right? You, I mean, not necessarily, like, I, I, and I know there's a lot of schools of thoughts. It's like, oh, you just want to better your team. It doesn't matter. But, I mean, in the end, you want to get that better player. And I think in those four, in that mix, Dalvin Cook is the best name out of all four of them. And 
has longevity enough. I mean, the rest of the, if you're talking dynasty, which we'll switch to dynasty real quick, I definitely want that because Henderson, obviously, when Cam Akers gets back, he's going to go by the wayside. So if you're going to get Cook and Zach Moss, who you said is trending in the right direction, which he absolutely is, he has yet to have in PPR a game under double digits, which is what you want out of a, uh, a running back week in and week out. So yeah, give me the better side of it with cook and Moss. Um, so the team that traded for them obviously won that one in my opinion too. Um, cause again, like you said, you want, you want the best player and Dalvin cook. I've been a fan. I have Dalvin cook on a couple of my teams. Uh, I am frustrated with him, but I'm definitely, if, if I have him in, in dynasty, I'm not letting him go. Cause I think, uh, you know, you just got to ride with him. He's he's that kind of guy. He's a week buster, week in and week out once he gets going, and you'd rather have him than not, that is for sure. Um, let's let's go back on that Mixon train because this question involves Mixon, but it also pairs him with Najee Harris. Half PPR, rest of the season, are we leaning on the Najee Harris or are we going to uh, back to Mixon? Because Najee Harris, man, again, rookies... You never know. I know that there's people like like you who, who are Dynasty and Devi that devote so much time studying these folks coming in, but the, the average player of fantasy football doesn't spend that much time, and so when they see a rookie, they're like, meh, but Najee Harris has actually exploded onto the scene in a way that I don't know that most casual players would have thought. Um, I know you probably knew better, but uh, out of this, for the rest of the season, who are we looking towards to... Uh, to have or to hold is it Najee or or Joe Mixon yeah I mean I was a very severe Najee Harris doubter um I didn't believe in the landing spot and I still necessarily don't um but he's definitely progressed um as the season's gone on every single week it seems like he kind of gets a little bit better um in both aspects of the game it's more so the rushing side that I was really worried about. And they proved it last week against Denver, who is a, a decent rushing defense. So, But he was able to put up 122 yards last week um, on the ground. So that was definitely an improvement. Um, but right now, if it's half PPR, I like Najee Harris. I mean, right now, the offense in Pittsburgh, Ben is struggling to stretch the field. They just lost Juju Smith-Schuster. So James Washington is going to plug in probably to that role. But Najee Harris is going to get used in the passing game. I mean, he had a 19-target week. He's had a 7-target week. He's had two 5-target weeks. And a 3-target week was his lowest in week one. So he's just a machine right now as far as half PPR and PPR leagues because of that receiving upside. So for me, I'm taking Najee Harris. Um, he also sees like 100% of the snap share there in Pittsburgh. So he's always on the field. The volume is just too good to not take Najee Harris right now. From a dynasty aspect, I was always down on him just because of age, because he is basically almost 24 now, I think. So um, it just was kind of like a thing. Like, I didn't really like him. I like Javante over him. So I was really a doubter. But right now, him versus Mixon, Mixon struggles with the injuries and also has to deal with Smash AP Ryan and Chris Evans there. So I like the volume and just purely, like I said, the target share and is there for Najee Harris to have a safe floor. I mean, you're seeing him get five to six to 14 receptions a game. So right there you have what? Seven points, six points and yeah. half PPR. And they say, so. they say that half PPR is probably the closest to standard that you'll get. But I mean, when you look at, at, at Mixon, he's only had a catch in the last, what, four mm-hmm. games, one catch. So that's a half a point when you're putting it up against three, six, seven points. Obviously it's a bigger day right for Najee Harris and and if that's going to be even even again even if it's close in they say well it's closer to, to non-PBR than it is to PBR but still those that three-point floor is much better than a half-point floor in the receiving game uh when it mm-hmm. comes to Najee Harris so yeah I'm definitely taking Mick or uh, uh Najee over Mixon for the rest of the season and half PBR um I mean look obviously I don't know why you would have to make that decision decision. Cause you probably got Najee in a, in a spot where you could probably throw him in your flex every week and still be good. Or if you, if you felt like you needed to flex Mixon uh, on, on weeks and you could do that too. So I'm not really sure why that's too much of a decision. Maybe they've got a really stacked running back room and they're just trying to figure out who to sit each week. I don't know. Yeah, or maybe a trade. Maybe someone wanted Joe Mixon or yeah. someone wants Najee Harris and they're like, oh, hey, we'll give you Joe Mixon. And on namesake, you'd think, oh, Joe Mixon. You yeah. know what I mean? 
Don't be fooled. I, I could see maybe that's the situation why they're asking. Yeah. So I guess I could see that. Um, although somebody yeah, who I never, they're both on my roster. I'm starting both of them. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter which one running back two or flex. I'll, I'll take yeah. it. Um, well, you probably drafted Mixon at one, but I'm fairly certain we can assume that DJs like us wish we could have had stock and a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Christian McCaffrey, right? Well, now Prediction Strike makes that a real possibility. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stock. We always talk about selling high. Well, now you really can. And look, it's like Robin Hood and DraftKings had a baby. Prediction Strike lets fans create portfolios of their favorite athletes so they can make money and get even closer to the game. Don't just bet on your favorite players. Start investing in them. Simply download Prediction Strike's new and easy-to-use app from the App Store or sign up at PredictionStrike.com to create an account. Then use the code SGPNFF to deposit funds to buy and sell and hold shares of your favorite players, just like you would real stocks. The value of players will change based upon game performance and supply and demand, and you can trade your shares of players at any time as long as the player isn't currently in a game. So Lamar Jackson stock probably went way up after this last game. Hollywood Brown after this last game. Make sure you buy and sell those. That way you can make some money. And of course, when you do it, use the promo code SGPNFF to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And of course, as always, the SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. Make sure you go download it. It gives you easy access to all of our picks and our podcasts. And while you're at it, toss us an app review, right? Download that SGPN app today and tell us what you think of the show. Somebody you didn't draft to be running back one. I guarantee you you didn't draft him to be a running back one. Uh, But damn it all if he hasn't actually turned into somebody who now we're talking about him on podcasts and and I, but we need to know we need to know jeremy because look at we've all been burned before as fantasy players and cordell patterson has been somebody that's burned us so the fact that he started out on an unbelievable pace this season uh can we expect that for the rest of the season out of him or is this something where we're gonna have to start thinking about selling high because we may end up in that burn category again. I don't think you're going to end up in a burned category. Um, just keep your expectations real. Um, right now his average is like 15.4 in standard leagues. And then in PPR it is 20. Um, so those are a little high. Um, I think like in a PPR league, you can expect him to be like a 15 point guy, maybe 10 to 15 on average. Um, they do, they are still missing Russell Gage. So once he comes back, I think you'll see a little bit of his receiving upside go down. Um, but he's just doing so, he's so highly effective on a limited snap share right now. He, that there's going to be some regression. Um, he scored, he didn't score. Did he score this? week? I'm not hundred percent sure, but he's had five touchdowns over the first five weeks. So, that's going to slow down. Everything's going to regress. They're not going to continue to, he's not going to continue to be this effective. So if you keep yourself with a limited expectation of like that 10 to 15 point range in PPR and maybe standards, what 12 to eight. Um, so he's going to be a f- nice flex play. I don't know if we'll see that week that he had a couple weeks ago where he scored like 35 points and basically won you the week. But that's definitely possible because for some reason, Arthur Smith absolutely loves him and his versatility and what he can do to their offense. So I don't think you're going to get burned. I think this year he's going to be completely involved in this offense. I think that he gives them something Mike Davis can't and even Wayne Gallman can't out of that backfield. So and he also just runs very violent. Like if you ever watched, like if you actually watch him play, he just has like no regard for his body. He's just like, I'm going to run all over the place. So. And maybe Arthur Smith really likes that. It's kind of Derrick Henry-esque, just not Derrick Henry. But, (laughs) you know, he's just out there running around hitting people. So Arthur Smith's loving it, and I'm going to ride it. I think you've probably had him for three weeks now, and that's definitely worth whatever you paid in the waivers. If you were a first waiver and you gave that up for him or you had a fab and you spent most of it, you know, I think it's worth it. And I think the rest of the season you should expect something similar.
Yep. I mean, it's likely you grabbed him after his Tampa Bay game, right? Where he had the 23 points in the PBR and then held on to him, enjoyed the week against Washington. Uh, and, and even though he did not get into the end zone against the Jets, uh, he still had 18, just over 18 points in PPR. And it just looked like they were, you know, had him out on the field every single time. And I know this, you know why I know this? Because I watched as my team was getting pummeled by, uh, <laughs> Cordero Patterson in the London game. I was like, ah, come on now. Uh, so I, I watched firsthand. The You're destruction. not the only one. Oh, I know. <laughs> did you did you have that same situation too? Were you going up against him? Uh no. No, I have a lot of them. Yeah, oh man, <laughs> I do. <sighs> yeah, you were. I you did, were... however, have the week like with Tyree Kill and Mahomes when they went off against Philadelphia. So <sighs> I've been there. I've watched people uh, obliterate me, but <laughs> it's not. Fun. Luckily, it wasn't this week with Cordero Patterson. Like a sit, you're just sitting there watching watching yourself go from you know what is it fifty percent of a win to ten percent <sighs> to that little taco I'm guy not... smile or not you know. Imagine the people watching Monday Night Football, man. Oh, my God. Nobody asks questions about those, but, man, Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown and Lamar Jackson won some people some weeks out of that. That was in the second half. It wasn't even a whole game. Mm -mm. No. Yeah, I bet those people (laughs) in the first half were feeling really good until all of a sudden it was all. Right. Yep. And then Andrews started doing Andrews things. And, I mean, it was good for me because I had some monkey knife fight uh, props going, and and, uh, pretty much all of them hit. I think the only one that I didn't hit was – Lamar under 23 points, but that's okay because I had the other three and, and it was brown over, you know, uh, yeah, it was a good week in Monkey Knife Fight. I'll, I'll tell you that much right now. Yeah, I think I was up by like 12 points or something in a league and all I had is Mark Andrews and they had uh, Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. And oh. when Jonathan Taylor and Pittman kind of went off in the first half, I was like, oh, well, it's over. Then I woke up and won because Mark <laughs> Andrews scored like 43 points in PPR. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> Killed it. Killed it. Speaking Yay. of teams that can put up points, though, and this is uh, this one I, I think somebody wanted to know because I bet they have both of them, uh, or maybe they are just trying to figure out who to do in DFS. Either way, um, which Chiefs player are we flexing this week? Uh, are we flexing Daryl Williams, or are we believing in a Josh Gordon, uh, you know, now that he's settled in a little more into Kansas City, maybe had some good barbecue, uh, maybe he'll, he'll come and be Patrick Mahomes' new best friend. But right now, if we're deciding which Chiefs player to flex, is it Daryl Williams or is it Josh Gordon? I'm taking Daryl Williams in this situation. Um, We saw CEH have, what, three 20-point weeks before he got hurt um, leading into that, leading into the Bills game on Sunday night. And I think Daryl Williams is just going to have a better workload. Um, He's going to see probably a majority of the running back touches um, I'm sure Jarek McKinnon will get like sprinkled in there from time to time. But Darrell Williams was always seeing the important running back touches. He was seeing it inside the five. He was seeing it inside the 20. So I'm still in on Darrell Williams being the lead guy there. And so I feel like his floor is safer and even his upside. I think he has more touchdown upside. We only saw Josh Gordon get one target last week. And it's just kind of always been this way with Kansas City offense. We were clamoring to get McCole Hardman involved. We're clamoring to get when DeMarcus were, Robinson had a big game. We were clamoring for Byron Pringle for a while. Like it just, we always think that the second wide receiver is going to step in and be a league winner or a guy who's going to contribute 10, 15 points to our fantasy lineups every week, just because of how potent and how powerful that Chiefs offense is. But right now it's also not that powerful. Mahomes doesn't look great. Probably you could argue the worst he's ever looked in his career. Um, And it just, and he's still great. I mean, he still scores a lot of fantasy points and does w- good things for that offense, and they still can win games. It just he doesn't look as Mahomes-esque as he has been in the past. So he's kind of coming back to the realm, and it's just not that of, like, it's still Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. That's what that offense is, and it will be forever, um, unfortunately. I hate to say it, but it is. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's never going to – you're never going to find any relevance probably from a second or third wide receiver in that – Offense, because your second wide receiver is Travis Kelsey. When Kelsey moves on, maybe we can start talking about a second or third receiving option. But until that happens, it's Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and the running back gives you a flex option. But he's never going to be much more than that, in my opinion. Yeah, and so here's the Sadly. thing about yeah, exactly. And but there, that's the thing about Josh Gordon too. And and we talked about it, uh, I believe, 
a couple of weeks ago where the Josh Gordon hype always does this to you every single year, right? He comes back, people are, are spending mad fab dollars on him. They're, you know, tossing out their waiver wire uh, 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 picks on him and he doesn't produce nearly as much as, as you want him to for what you spent to get him. And I, I want Josh Gordon to do well. I want him as a football player, as a human being. I want him to do good things. But I just have yet to see a sustained attack from Josh Gordon short of what he did when he first joined the league. And it's not anything that I want on my on my team. Like I don't want to have that that decision every week of do I start Josh Gordon or not? Because my, your heart says yes, but the points say no. And you know, you just you gotta pick. So yeah, in this instance, I, I'm going with Daryl Williams too. Look, even if Josh Gordon goes out there and, and and blows up the world this next couple of weeks, I, I'd rather him do that and me not be a part of it than than because you know that the crash is going to come and there's not going to be very many points after that. So, um, yeah, it's tough to be a Josh Gordon manager, man. It really is. Speaking from experience. Yeah, I mean, I've never I have one share of them in one dynasty league. I just. I tossed some out to him before he officially signed with the Chiefs when it was kind of a rumor like the week before I was like, eh, I'll toss like I think it was like five bucks of fab money on it. It wasn't a lot. And I got him and I'm not going to say that I'm excited about it. I just, <laughs> you know, what I mean, like I, I did it in case an explosion happens, but I'm never going to start him until I see it two, three weeks in a row. And then you're right. And then he's probably going to disappear when I start him. So <laughs> believe me, it's look. just three years ago that's what happened like i did the yeah. same thing like i went out and i got him as soon as i possibly could i threw him in the lineup the next week he did absolutely nothing i benched him the week after that he blew up i put him back in and that was it that was the decline and i said oh this is yeah. ridiculous i can't i can't do it anymore so it's tough and I, you can argue this year it might be a chance that he gets something going um this year for the middle level receivers has been really bad fantasy wise so i mean he could become something um i just i don't think it happens in this offense if he just, does it, it it's too much about tyree kill and travis kelsey and like i said the running back gets some usage but not enough that any of these guys are trustable you know so yeah. if he does it it's okay if he doesn't do it on my team i'm all right and if i lose to it <laughs> that week it bench. but yeah he, can, he can totally do it on my bench so at least uh, someone else doesn't have them. You know what I mean? <laughs> that That's true too. That's true too. Uh, all right, Jeremy, let everybody know where they can find you on social media as we wrap this up. Uh, yeah, I think we got a lot of good stuff. This was this set of questions again on face value. A lot of these just, they, they look like they were no brainers, but you dig into them and it's, it's a lot of good questions out there. People are struggling with some real stuff right now and I'm glad we got a chance to help them. So um, let everybody know where they, you can help them for the rest of the season. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me again. And uh, it was a pleasure helping out whoever we helped today. And if you do want more help, um, you can find me on Twitter at PopesFFH. Uh, DMs are open. You can DM me. You can just tweet me. Either way, I'll answer the question as soon as I can. Um, this week might be a little hard, but I could get back to you as soon as possible. Going on vacation. Also, maybe getting married on Saturday. I'm not going <laughs> to tell you yes or no. Uh, so... Um, but yeah, reach out there. Uh, all my articles are over at the sports gambling podcast network, as well as rankings. Check that stuff out. And I have some over at yards per as well. So one of the most approachable and again, one of the most accurate rankers in the SGPN. I'm going to hammer that home. Uh, always want to take Jeremy's advice when it's out there. Follow him on Twitter, please. He's a great follow. Always has a lot of great stuff that he puts out and, uh, uh so knowledgeable, so personable, uh, and if you're not getting married on Saturday, you can marry me, buddy. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> again, <laughs> nah, thanks sorry, for Jake. joining. <laughs> you're like, no, nah, I got mine already. <laughs> thanks for joining the show, Jeremy. Thank you guys for listening. As always, uh, week of football, weekend of football ahead of us. Uh, another fantastic opportunity for you to improve your league standings. Please get out there and, and try to play some uh, some DFS while you're at it. And I don't know, just have some fun this weekend. I'm telling you, this is a great weekend to have some fun. I hope we answered your questions. We look forward to getting back on Tuesday. And until next time, let it ride.